When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to All the Books, a weekly show of recommendations and enthusiasm regarding the week's new book releases. This is episode 439, and today we are talking about books that will make great gifts for the holidays. I'm Liberty Hardy, here with Tears of Price, and we're coming to you from BookRiot.com. Tears of Hello! Hey there, how's it going? Well, I didn't think I was going to get through the intro, first of all, because <laughs> I wrote all my notes, but I forgot to change the intro from last week, so... Uh, I had all the wrong information that I had to remember just to say. I also spelled holidays wrong. I have no idea how. Um, but you I know, that right. You got through it. You did all yeah. right. <laughs> yeah. But it was confusing. I was like, uh, what's going on? But um, we're fine now. Um, I got the right episode number, which is 439. Uh, turns out the internet tells me that the corresponding area code to 439 is not currently in use, hmm. which I think means like, if you want to use it, go ahead. Make it your own. There you Be go. like, I'm the only person who lives in area code 439. Perfect. Be like, where is that? It's like where I live. <laughs> you can create your own, yeah. your own area. Maybe like this is the perfect time to start your own kingdom, you know, or you know, whatever you've always wanted to do. Utopia. Utopias would be good right about now. I feel like I'm thinking of like some portal fantasy where like getting to the portal fantasy involves dialing a number from an area code that doesn't exist. Like that should be a book. <laughs> oh, well now you have to write it. Oh gosh. No, don't add to my to-do list. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so let's see. We are recording this a couple of days. How early? Almost a week in advance. Yeah. Uh, we're going to talk about gift books. I am a little sad because, you know, it's not a big deal, but I was supposed to, be headed to New York City today to go to the National Book Awards, but because I am chronically ill, um, I'm not feeling not feeling it. Didn't think it was oh, a good idea to get I'm on a sorry. bus and go five hours away from my house. Um, so I'm bummed. Don't get to see LeVar Barton. Don't get to see Oprah Winfrey. Don't get to see all my friends. That's okay, though. <laughs> I'm going to watch it tonight um, and cheer for Chain Gang All-Stars because that is my favorite book of the year. Very excited for him. And yeah. And, and like, there are no cats at the National Book Awards. Yeah. Like, so, so stay I mean, home with your cats. I get to stay home with the cats. Yeah. Um, you know, no big deal. Uh, but it would have been cool to see LeVar Burton for sure. For real. Yeah. yeah. And I liked how you were like, I liked how you were saying like LeVar Burton and Oprah Winfrey and my friends, like you were including them amongst your friends. Like, I would believe <laughs> that you could be friends with both of those two people. So. <laughs> I think I could too. I remember many years ago, I can't remember if we were even doing the show yet, but Rebecca ran into LeVar Burton at the airport and like took a photo with him and sent it to me and I lost my mind. That is amazing. Like, yeah. If you've ever watched Community, there's an episode where LeVar Burton is asked to come meet Troy, who's like his biggest fan. 
and Troy just cannot speak to him, just like freezes up and just sits there. And LeVar keeps talking to him and being like, <laughs> so may- maybe you know who I am? Like, he can't answer him at all. He's just completely he's like, no. frozen. And then LeVar Burton leaves and he's like screaming. He's like, never meet your heroes. Why would they do that to me? Blah, blah. It's very funny. <laughs> and I, I'm afraid like that's how I would behave. I'd just be like, I don't know what to say. <laughs> right. Yeah. Because you're like, don't yeah. be weird. Don't be weird. Don't be weird. And then like the result is like, you're just quiet and weird. That's how I would be too. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That is definitely what would happen. Very weird. But it's going to be exciting to see who the winners are. Um, yeah. I've read a lot of the books for this year. There were a lot of books that I was surprised were not nominated, but who knows? A lot of the end of the year lists are coming out and I like how very different they are. Yeah. Vulture to, what was the one I was trying to say? Book journal or no, book pages. Like their best of the year are very different from, you know, um, Time's best of the year. So it's pretty cool. Um, It's nice when the lists really vary year to year. Like when they get to be so homogenous that like the same, like, you know, 10 books are always on the list. I always get like a little bit, like I sort of roll my eyes a little bit. Like, okay, guys, there's so many more books out there. Like not saying those books aren't great, but... Yeah, I was actually surprised because if you asked me when Spare by Prince Harry came out, I would have been like, uh, I don't know, three, four years ago. It was just this year. It, was it feels January. like it's been out for so long. I was right. really surprised. I was like, January felt like 10 years ago. <laughs> for real. Yeah. So we have exciting books to talk about today. But first, we are going to hear from a sponsor. Today's episode is brought to you by Greenleaf Book Group. No summer vacation should be without a great read. And I don't know about you, but I am partial to mysteries and thrillers for my hot month reads. It's hot girl reading summer always over here. And from the award-winning librettist of Legally Blonde, the musical and the screenwriter of Freaky Friday, Heather Hawk, comes the page-turning psychological thriller, The Trouble with Drowning. So when author Eden Hart floats into Tucson's Antigone books and all her dazzling perfection to give a reading, Kat, a struggling writer, can't help but compare herself. Thankfully, Kat's life starts to take on its own Eden-like glow when her literary future takes shape and she falls madly in love with Jacob. As demons from her past begin to surface, Kat's mental health craters and this halcyon dream slips through her fingers. For the fastest paced slow burn you won't be able to put down, be sure to check out The Trouble with Drowning by Heather Hawk on Amazon or your retailer of choice. And thanks again to Greenleaf Book Group for sponsoring this episode. This episode is sponsored by The One That Got Away With Murder by Trish Lundy. Robbie and Trevor Cressmont have enough wealth to ensure they'll never be found guilty of any wrongdoing, even if everyone believes they're behind the deaths of their ex-girlfriends. Let us all take a collective angry sigh at that. Lauren O'Brien, the new girl at school, has a dark past of her own, and she's desperate for a fresh start. Except when she starts a relationship with Robbie, her chance is put in jeopardy. During what's meant to be their last weekend together, Lauren stumbles across evidence that might just implicate Robbie. And after a third death rocks the town, she must decide whether to end things with Robbie or risk becoming another cautionary tale. This is an edge-of-your-seat YA thriller that's perfect for fans of Karen McManus and Holly Jackson. Make sure you pick that up now wherever books are sold. And thank you once again to The One That Got Away With Murder by Trish Lundy for sponsoring today's show. 
It's happening, readers. We're bringing paperbacks. Whether you hate carrying around bulky hardcovers, you're on a budget, you want a wider range of recommendations, or all of the above, you can now get a paperback subscription from TBR curated just for you by one of our bibliologists. You can also gift it. And since the holidays are coming, it's a great gift. Get all the details at mytbr.co. That's mytbr.co. Okay, so Tirza, this is your first time doing the All the Books gift guide, which is really just an excuse for us to talk about books. But we like to try and do some that we don't normally cover on the show, like art books, cookbooks. I mean, sometimes we do, but, um, you know, get in a few that we think are like, you know, Swiss Army Knife recommendations, as Jeff would say. Um, Mm -hmm. So it's pretty exciting. But I want to mention one thing really quickly before I start telling you about my first book. I saw this really cool thing. There is a literary magazine called The Common, and they are doing an author postcard auction um, in which you can bid to win a postcard from your favorite author. There's like a huge list of authors on here, um, and they will send you a handwritten personalized postcard. Um, which is pretty cool. I mean, there are so many people on here. Alexander Chi, uh, Andrew McCarthy, Andrew Sean Greer, Ann Tyler, Ann Padgett, Anthony Doerr. Those are just like the A's. Wow. Um, I saw that Jeff Tweedy is on here, which made me very excited. Um, I got a signed copy of his new book from my local indie and was just like, ah! right? And it's like, they he just signed stock and they send them out. But I was so excited as if I went and got it like from him. Um, but yeah, I'm going to drop a link to this in the show notes because it's open until December 4th and it would make a really great, great gift for somebody if they love one of these authors or for yourself. I'm, I'm totally team buy things for yourself. So, um, but I'm going to kick the book recommendations off with Wizkit, An Adventure Overdue by Tanya J. Scott. I read many, 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 many kids graphic novels that I loved this year, but this one was my favorite. Uh, and I think it's worth mentioning for the fourth or fifth time on the show. I know I've mentioned it a lot, but I, I can't get over how funny and weird and great it is. It's about a lazy cat wizard apprentice named Wizkit. <laughs> she's laying around the house, not really doing her chores like she's supposed to, kind of using a little magic to do the ones that she is. And her wizard boss is kind of mad at her. And then they hear this crying and they find a book. And it's sobbing because it's a library book and it's overdue and it's very sad (laughs) about this. And so the book, like I said, is sentient. And the wizard tells Wizkit that she has to take the book back to the library. Like that's her punishment slash chore for the day. Um, And Wizkit is like, oh. (laughs) So she's like, this is so annoying. This book is so annoying. The book is like, I love everything. Everything is yay. We're going to the library. Yay. Love, love, love. (laughs) <laughs> and, you know, so Wiz, Wizkid is really annoyed, but along the way, they have adventures, they meet a bossy frog, and a dragon, and some other people, and maybe along the way, some of Book's unending optimism and cheer is going to rub off on Wizkit. It's adorable, it's weird, and it's about books and cats. Like, it can't get any better than that, and I hope there's a sequel. It's called Wizkit, An Adventure Overdue by Tanya J. Scott. Oh my gosh, that sounds absolutely adorable. And I want to read it. (laughs) I love it. Okay, so my first pick 
is a book that I did not even realize was in the works or coming out at all until a copy randomly showed up on my doorstep, which is kind of fun. Um, it is Aragon, the illustrated edition. So Aragon, of course, is written by Christopher Paolini. This book came out, you know, like, more than 15 years ago, because I read it when I was a teenager. And um, it is a new illustrated edition with illustrations by Siddharth Chatterverdi. And it's gorgeous. Like it is a very large hardcover book. And the text is, you know, written um, on these big pages. It's like four columns of text. Um, So I'm not sure what the reading experience for that would be like. But It is gorgeously illustrated with these um, amazing paintings. And so if you have ever read um, Aragon, um, I feel like that is definitely like the, it was like one of the big fantasy books, like when millennials were, you know, of the YA age. And it's been around for a while, obviously. So there's actually a new book in the series coming out this fall, which I did know about called Murtag. And I think that one comes out. um, It's already out now. I think it came out earlier this month. But um, I did not know about this illustrated edition. So I spent some time paging through this book and looking at the very gorgeous paintings. Um, It is a story of Aragon, who's this teenage boy who is kind of impoverished. One day he finds this mysterious stone in the woods and he realizes it is a dragon egg and he keeps it safe. The dragon hatches. Um, He and his dragon do this like weird mind meld thing where they're now bonded. But in this fantasy kingdom, having a dragon is extremely dangerous. So they go on the run. Um, I really liked this book, like I said, when I read it as a teenager. So I was definitely feeling all sorts of nostalgia as I was reading through um, this illustrated edition. And I think I might maybe later um, this holiday season um, do, you know, give it a reread and reread this edition because it is very beautiful. So that is Aragon, the illustrated edition um, by Christopher Paolini, illustrated by Siddharth Chatterbetty. I've never actually read it. It's, it came out in yeah. 2002. Yeah, I was going to say it was a while ago. Um, and I liked it, but I've also not read this series since I was like... 15 or 16 so you know how yeah. it is like when you read something as as like a kid or a teen where you're like this is amazing and then you go back and read it as an adult and you're like eh, you know um but if you like high fantasy if you like dragons like those like ticked all my boxes and i thought it was really enjoyable i think it's very imaginative um the movie is terrible don't <laughs> like just ignore the movie <laughs> um but I, I yeah i remember really liking it and the illustrations are really gorgeous and i feel like they kind of fit more with what what i was envisioning as a teenager when I was reading the series. Um, Mm -hmm. So that was kind of fun. Yeah. And and if you read this as a teenager, you have the unique experience that you don't get with most books of like being the same age as the author when he Mm -hmm. wrote it. Wasn't he like 14 or something? He was like 14 or 15 when he wrote it. And he self-published it. Yeah, Yeah. like very quick backstory. He self-published it. It did pretty well self-published. But then I think like a family friend knew somebody who worked at the publisher who ended up picking Mm -hmm. it up. And so they was like, they were like, Hey, you know, I ran across this book that like this kid I knew published and you should read it. And the publisher read it and was like, yes, let me immediately sign you for (laughs) a big publishing deal. So it did did have like an interesting sort of evolution and backstory, but yeah. yeah, it's a cool publishing story. 
So my next pick for today is Start Here, Instructions for Becoming a Better Cook, a Cookbook by Sola Aweli. I don't cook. I don't really cook. Um, if you want me to make you dinner, I'll give you a bag of potato chips and a box of nerds, most likely. Um, <laughs> but cookbooks are big, big sellers at the holidays. Um, and I know a lot of rioters love this one, so I thought I would mention it. Sola Aweli is probably best known for her appearances on HBO Max's The Big Brunch and the History Channel's Ancient Recipes with Sola. I have heard that The Big Brunch show is super relaxing to watch. Like, it doesn't get much cozier, you know, and food-related than that. Um, I, I have an itch that I want you to check it out. I don't know what words I'm trying to use there. Anyway, so let's not talk about itching while we're talking about food. Um, so the blurb on this says, change the way you think about cooking in this epic guide to better eating the chef recipe developer and video producer Sola Aweli reimagines what a cookbook can be teaching home cooks of all skill levels, how cooking really works. So this sounds like it's really great for beginners or for people who want to learn new things or change up the ways that they cook. Some of the recipes include charred lemon risotto, chilled green tahini soba, lemon pecorino and potato pizza, and fruity doodle cookies, which Ooh. is almost as fun to say as pecorino. Um, there was a restaurant in our town many years ago who used to put french fries on pizza, but they mm. only did it like once every few months. It was a special like every few months. And so everybody, I, I I don't even know how they, like, why they didn't just make it, like, an everyday thing. Because people would just call every day and be like, what are the specials? What are the specials? What are the specials? Because like, everybody wanted the French fry pizza. And then when they actually had it, like, it was chaos. Like, people just descended on the restaurant. And it would sell out immediately. And I hardly ever got it. And, yeah, now I've gone down this other road about, about <laughs> <laughs> potato pizza. But potatoes on pizza are fantastic. I would I would definitely eat this potato pizza if that was that was my diet. Um, so this one is called Start Here: Instructions for Becoming a Better Cook, a cookbook by Sola Aweli. Ooh, yeah, that sounds amazing, and I would try potato pizza. Um, I try. I'm not sure if it'd be my favorite thing ever, but I would try it. <laughs> oh, so, so good. So good. My next pick um, is actually inspired by um, my fellow co-host um, Patricia. Um, it is Snacking Bakes by Yossi Arefi. And I'm inspired by her because she has, if you follow her on Instagram, she does a lot of really fun cooking and baking content. And I'm pretty sure one of the books um, that she has talked about and promoted on her Instagram before is um, Snacking Cakes, which is just a cookbook of like, hey, you want some cake for some for a snack? Like, here's how to bake a little cake and just have fun and enjoy it. And I like the idea of cake as snack. So I was like, that's really cool. I should check this out. And then I realized that the same author had a new book that came out um, this, uh, like just this month um, in the beginning of November. And it's called Snacking Bakes, like bakes with a B. And it goes beyond your snacking cakes to just more fun delicious bakery type baking things um and so that is really exciting and i am like salivating over this book um so it seems like it would be a really good book um to gift even though i personally have not cooked from it like i do trust patricia's 
recommendations and her taste when it comes to cookbooks. So I definitely want to get a copy of this. And what was the title again? Snacking Bakes by Yossi Arefi. Sorry. Awesome. And my next pick, surprising no one, involves birds. It is A Field Guide to Backyard Birds of North America, a visual directory of the most popular backyard birds, which includes a two-year logbook by Rob Hume. As we have discussed many times over the last couple of years, bird watching is really big now. Many, many people got into it during the start of the pandemic, including myself. And I watch out the window all the time to see what birds are in our backyard. I keep a notebook of what I see each day. It's not always that exciting. No offense to the birds who come to visit, but like it's like house sparrow, pigeon, blue jay, you know, but every once in a while it's like something really cool, like like female cardinal or, you know, hawk. And I just keep, I've been keeping track of it now for a few years. And then I found out about this book that came out this year, which is a fancier, lovelier way to keep track of the birds that visit. You can include up to two years worth of data. And you can also learn about many of North America's most popular bird visitors, which include pigeons and house sparrows and cardinals <laughs> and blue jays. Um, and if you have somebody who loves birds and you want to tack on something really fun to go with this book, I also picked up Bird Search, more than 100 themed word search puzzles by Eric Saunders, which are exactly as they sound, word searches in which you look for the word and circle it, um, but they're all bird themed, like birds that start with T, words from famous poems about birds, etc. So there's a little twofer about birds. Uh, and the first one was A Field Guide to Backyard Birds of North America, a visual directory of the most popular backyard birds by rob hume awesome okay um my next pick is a book called pride atlas 500 iconic destinations for queer travelers by marta henson and this was a book that i stumbled upon earlier this year in a bookstore and i don't remember what bookstore it was it was Cindy bookstore so this book is really cool it's like hardcover like full color on the inside, gorgeous um, photographs. And it is basically a travel guide for people who are queer, who want to go to, um, you know, queer friendly and queer affirming places in all over the world. Um, and so, you know, if you're queer and you want to travel, like there's always that question in the back of your head, like, mm, will this be a safe place for me to go? Because let's be real, not even every place in the U.S. is safe for me and my partner to travel. So um, I really like that this is a book that exists. Um, and I really like how colorful and bright and fun and, um, you know, just really cool it looks like it seems to have have a lot of different options for like you know say you want to go to an actual pride festival in another country versus like oh no i'm just kind of looking for like a more low-key sort of friends going on vacation type of of place um it really does have a lot of different options and um it kind of digs into you know not only like what is the culture like for lgbtq people in these spaces but like also you know what are the laws how do you um you know, plan safely and respectfully um, and responsibly. So I really thought this was really cool. So this came out earlier this year um, and is called The Pride Atlas, 500 Iconic Destinations for Queer Travelers by Marta Henson. If you know anybody who is queer and likes to travel or just like 
likes to know about different places, I think that this is a really cool and colorful book for um, you to gift to them. Awesome. So I figure we need at least one history book, <laughs> or I needed to pick at least one history book. Um, and so I combined some of my interests and I'm going with On Great Fields, The Life and Unlikely Heroism of Joshua Lawrence Chamberlain by Ronald C. White. Um, this combines biography with American Civil War history and someone from Maine, which is the state that I'm in. Uh, I have to say, I did an event with Travis Baldry a couple of days ago, the author of Legends and Lattes. And I've done a million events in Maine, but for some reason this time, the people at this event were so excited that we were from Maine and in Maine and <laughs> that he was like, every time we said the word Maine, everyone would just scream their heads off because there were like a hundred something people there. It was hilarious. You know, I was like, yay, Maine. Okay. Anyway. um, So Joshua Chamberlain was from Maine. As I said, he was a professor at Bowdoin College and his coworkers and family were shocked when he signed up to serve in the Union Army, partly because he asked his bosses at Bowdoin College for a two-year leave of absence to study in Europe for two years. And then a few weeks later, they got word that he had signed up with the Army. Um, and no one knew he was going to do that. Uh, and he's most famous uh, for uh, helping lead his troops uh, at the, on the second day of the Battle of Gettysburg. Uh, they pushed the Confederate soldiers back, and it's said to have changed the course of the battle. Um, he was severely injured so badly that they said that he was going to die. He did not. He was elected governor of Maine four times and went on to serve as president of Bowdoin College, all while, like, true story, living basically with an open wound for the rest of his life. Oh um, yeah. I, like, sometimes when I'm like, oh, I'm being a baby because, you know, I have a wicked cat scratch or something, I'm like, oh, Joshua Chamberlain was way tougher. Like, I can, I can handle a cat scratch. Um, I always think of him for some reason. Um, but he was a really fascinating person. You can visit his house at Bowdoin College. In fact, the drummer in my husband's band uh, gives tours. Like, he volunteers there. Um, he's a cool guy. And it's just so interesting. I've been really into biographies lately, especially at the end of this year. I've been reading a lot about celebrities. And I don't know what it is, but everyone has amazing stories, I guess, is what's appealing to me right now. And this one is On Great Fields, The Life and Unlikely Heroism of Joshua Lawrence Chamberlain by Ronald C. White. Awesome. That is so interesting. And now I'm going to think about his open wound for the rest of the day. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I could tell you a slightly dirty story about him that I know, but um, not on the air. Okay. <laughs> I will hit you up later. <laughs> um, so my next pick, I feel like we're moving into the portion of the show where I just tell you about like all the amazing deluxe and amazing print editions of books that have come out that you should definitely buy as gifts. And the first one is Shadow Speaker by Nettie Akorafor. Um, I'm a big fan of Akorafor's books. Um, they write African futurist um, books, and I've loved so many of them um, from uh, Binti to Akata Witch. So this is actually an earlier novel um, that was out of print and has been re-released in this like very beautiful hardcover edition with like all of these um very pretty um i think just finishes and i think it has sprayed edges too so i saw some pictures of this on 
Instagram and I was like salivating over this book. So it's so pretty. Um, So it is about a young girl who is the daughter of a terrible politician. Um, Her father is killed when she is a child. And then it is about her 15 years later trying to track down her father's killer. Um, I will, I guess, just leave it at that. But it looks really amazing. And I think if you know anybody who is a big Korafor fan, um, this would be a really great giftable book. That is Shadow Speaker by Nettie Korafor. Spray judges are really in now. Like over like the last year, they've just taken off. Um, And like they used to spray the edges of paperbacks all the time, like red or black or green. And they just kind of stopped doing it. And now like you can watch videos on YouTube or go to Etsy and like find someone who will spray the edges of like whatever book you want. And like they do, it's, it's amazing the things that they can do on the sides of books. But yeah, but just like publishers are just publishing special editions now with sprayed edges or, or first editions of things Um, like the entangled uh, imprint does like all those books now with with sprayed edges, which I think is the fourth wing. Is that the fourth wing? Yeah. And they also did Assistant to the Villain, which like I just bought at my local Target. It was a paperback with sprayed edges, but I was like, ooh, this is sprayed edges. Maybe it needs to come home with me. Yeah. There was a, um, what was the book? Uh, It's called Cheese Monkeys by Chip Kidd, who is famously a graphic designer. He's done a lot of famous covers like Jurassic Park and Secret History. Um, He wrote his own novel like 20 something years ago, and it had like a design on the edge that like had something to do with the book. Like when you folded it a certain way, Um, that was very cool. I always thought like they should do more stuff like that, but it's probably very expensive and takes a lot more time. And, you know, (laughs) (laughs) you know, I used to, Oh, what was the book? I used to have a book about a rat that had like a bite mark, like taken out of the side of the actual book, you know? Oh, wow. I I love stuff like that. Anyway, let's get back to, Talking about things that we can buy today, <laughs> and that includes the 10th anniversary edition of Braiding Sweetgrass, Indigenous Wisdom, Scientific Knowledge, and the Teachings of Plants by Robin Wall Kimmerer. Kimmerer is a botanist and a member of the Citizen Potawatomi Nation. This looks at science through the lens of some of the traditions of her people. She talks about how We have gotten away from listening to the world and utilizing what is around us in the world. Um, This is a book riot staple. I mean, it's one of the books that we have probably recommended more than any other in our like 12 year publishing history now. Um, It's also one of the publisher's biggest titles. Like I said, this is a 10th anniversary edition. There was an illustrated edition that came out, I think, for the fifth anniversary. Um, It's just a gorgeous book. And so fascinating. This is the 10th anniversary edition of Braiding Sweetgrass, Indigenous Wisdom, Scientific Knowledge, and the Teachings of Plants by Robin Wall Kimmerer. All right. My next pick is a newer contemporary YA called The Do-Over by Lynn Painter. And speaking of sprayed edges, um, this one is adorable. So this is the the Barnes & Noble special edition is the one that I want to draw your particular attention to. Um, And it is adorable because it has sprayed edges and they're like blue and white polka dot hearts. 
Um, and it's, I think it's just, um, it's not like the paperback that every retailer is going to get. It's just the Barnes and Noble paperback edition and it has a slightly different cover and it is so cute. And I wanted to talk about this book because I read it for the first time earlier this year. And I think it is like my new favorite YA rom-com. Um, it is a time loop. Uh, book. It reminds me a lot of um, the movie Palm Springs, which I know Liberty and I have both talked about loving before. I'm not sure if we talked about it on the show yet, but great movie. And so this is like the YA version of that movie. It is about Emily. She wakes up on Valentine's Day. She's all excited. She's going to have like the best Valentine's Day ever. She's going to finally tell her boyfriend she loves him. They're going to exchange perfect gifts. It's going to be awesome. But then halfway through the day, she spots him making out with his ex. And she's like, well, never mind. And she then proceeds to have like the worst day known to man. And she goes to sleep at night and she wakes up the next day being like, oh, at least, you know, that's over. Um, but when she wakes up, it's a do-over. It is Valentine's Day once more. And so she goes through these loops of seeing if she can perhaps maybe um, keep her boyfriend from cheating on her. Um, but things get interesting when she decides to say F it. And um, yeah, it's it's really funny, really heartfelt. Um, one of my favorite books that I've read this year. And the Barnes & Noble paperback edition is just so cute. So if you have a teen or a rom-com lover in your life, this would be a great gift. All right. Uh, now we are going to hear from our next sponsor. Today's episode is brought to you by WW Norton and Company Incorporated. So Negative Space by Jillian Linden follows a week in the life of an English teacher at a New York private school. At home, her children ask constant questions about mortality and her husband offers occasional counsel between Zoom calls. At school, something happens. She accidentally witnesses an ambiguous, possibly inappropriate interaction between a teacher and a student. But how can she be sure of what she saw? Negative Space is a portrait of a woman caught between the pressures of what's normal and what isn't, and examines what we owe the people who depend on us in a fractured and indifferent world. It's a debut novel and a short novel. It's perfect if you want something quick and easy to carry around, but it's also thought-provoking. It takes place during the pandemic, but it's not pandemic-focused, and it really just looks at everyday anxieties and low-threat situations that have high consequences. So make sure to check out Negative Space by Jillian Linden. And thanks again to WW Norton and Company Incorporated for sponsoring this episode. Today's episode is brought to you by Flatiron Books, publisher of 888 Love and the Divine Burden of Numbers by Abraham Chang. So this is an interesting love story. It's great for fans of Tomorrow and Tomorrow and Tomorrow and High Fidelity. It's set in the mid-90s at NYU. And it follows young Wang, who has gotten the advice of love through Chinese numerology from his uncle. So he believes that he will have seven great loves in his life. And then he meets Irena in 95 and she's like the best. She's brilliant, charismatic, quick-witted, funny. They fall in love. 
But the thing is, she's number six. So if he is to have seven great loves, does that mean his time with Elena is going to come to an end? So this is a love letter to Western pop culture, Eastern traditions, and being a first-generation New Yorker. Make sure to check it out. And thanks again to Flatiron Books, publisher of 888 Love and the Divine Burden of Numbers by Abraham Chang for sponsoring this episode. Okay, my next pick for today is... Fly, The Big Book of Basketball Fashion by Mitchell S. Jackson. Jackson is an award-winning author. I talked about his memoir, Survival Math, on the show a couple of years ago. This is a coffee table book of photos of NBA players throughout the years and their personal style, the clothes that they wear off the court, and it's accompanied by some essays. Uh, It has just tons of photos. Uh, There's a section about uh, SGA, as they call him, or Shay Gilgis Alexander, who was a young player on the OKC Thunder. He actually does a lot of modeling, and he has a lot of amazing outfits. Um, There's a part about the tunnel. Like, you see the players, when they get to the game, uh, they take photos of them in the tunnel, and they always have, like, what they were wearing when they're there, and they're always, like, these amazing outfits. Um, Jalen Brown on the Celtics was wearing this incredible jacket with like a green rib cage on it the other day. And I was like, I want that. And then they were talking about it later. They're like, oh, Usher had it on. It's like a $25,000 jacket. I'm like, of course it is. Um, (laughs) But you get to see the players through the decades. Um, Allen Iverson, uh, Wilt Chamberlain. There's uh, draft day fashion, like when they call the um, players up to tell them, like, you've been drafted to this team and they always have like cool outfits on. And then they get on the stage and they get a hat from like whatever team they're doing. Um, There's, you know, of course, Dennis Rodman. I mean, the most famous, infamous um, fashion plate in NBA history, probably with his different colored hair and his leopard hair and his belly ring and his shirts. Um, Everybody knows Dennis Rodman. I went to the Basketball Hall of Fame in uh, Springfield, Mass. with my husband several months ago. And you see some of the things that they used to wear, like the uniforms that they used to wear on the court and like the shoes that they used to wear. And you just think, how did they ever used to put up with that? Like basically the NBA uniform when they started playing was just like a, a onesie like with an actual snap crotch and that looked so uncomfortable and they have like the flattest flat sneakers with no support that they used to play in, you know, and now they have like all of this cool clothing. There's also a really cool um, book that came out. I'm forgetting the author right now, but it's like the history of basketball and 15 sneakers, which uh, is really cool too. If you're interested in the sneaker aspect of the NBA, I'm, I myself am a big fan of the fact that they changed the rules and now you can wear whatever sneakers you want, like whatever color you want. It didn't used to be that way. Um, if you watch the movie Air that came out about Michael Jordan recently, you know that. Um, but there's also, let's see, what else? There's an essay from P.J. Tucker, who sadly was just traded from the Sixers to the Clippers in that James Harden trade. Wah, wah. But this is a great gift for sports fans, for fashion fans. It's a big, big book. It has a pink and orange cover, just like one of my other favorite books of the year, Loot by Tanya James, which is what drew my eye to it to begin with. It's Fly. <laughs> it's called Fly, the Big Book of Basketball Fashion by Mitchell S. Jackson. Amazing. That sounds interesting. 
My next pick is the Fangirl 10th Anniversary Collector's Edition by Rainbow Rowell. Um, I love this book so much. Um, it came out in, I think, 2013, which is, well, yeah, it's just a 10th anniversary edition. My goodness. Um, but I read it when it first came out in 2013. It does not feel like it should be that long ago. Um, this is a book about Kath, who is a huge fan of Simon Snow, which is like this um, made up for this world um, fantasy series for kids and she writes fan fiction and she's going off to college for the first time and her twin sister has decided that she doesn't want to be her roommate and so she's basically been dumped by her twin and she has to figure out college all on her own while writing uh, fan fiction for Simon Snow and it's just it's such a great book I love it so much and uh, this 10th anniversary edition is this really gorgeous, um, I have to say, kind of expensive. It's $35 um, hardcover edition with like this beautiful stamped um, case and it has sprayed edges and it has a bunch of other bonus content. And then the blurb says, and other special effects. And I'm like, what are the other special effects in a book? I would like to know, but I have not had my hands on a actual copy of this. Um, but I might have to go to the bookstore and pick it up just to see what these other special effects are. Um, it is a really great book. I think if you, if you know somebody who loves this book, um, especially as much as I do, um, it would be a really great gift. But also if somebody just wants to read this book for the first time it looks like a very gorgeous um edition um so that is another entry in my gorgeous beautiful um special editions of books that i think should be on your gifting list or your wish list for this year so that's rainbow rowell's fangirl 10th anniversary collector's edition now i want to know what the special effects are right books mm. special effects mm. yeah mm-hmm my next pick is not actually out until December 5th. I am very sorry, but that's not that far away when you hear this. Or it's probably past when you hear this. Um, it is Loaded, The Life and Afterlife of the Velvet Underground by Dylan Jones. Uh, Dylan Jones has written many big music biographies. This one was written in cooperation with the remaining members of the seminal band. They formed in the 60s in New York City around Andy Warhol's factory uh, if you know any Velvet Underground albums, of course, you're thinking of the one with the banana on the cover, which was designed by Andy Warhol. Um, Lou Reed, famously the frontman. Nico, one of the singers. Um, they had a woman drummer, Mo Tucker, which was like unheard of back then. Um, and they were actually not together very long. Um, there was severe drug use. Uh, you know, people died. Um, but in that short amount of time, the Velvet Underground had a huge influence on so, so many of the big bands today. Um, and this book includes interviews and archive interviews with Lou Reed, John Cale, Mo Tucker, Andy Warhol, John Savage, Nico, David Bowie, and more. This is Loaded, The Life and Afterlife of the Velvet Underground by Dylan Jones. Awesome. Okay, I lied. I have one more collector's edition to tell you about. Um, the next and last one, I promise, is The Cruel Prince by Holly Black. Um, so I have actually not read this book, although it is like so TikTok famous and everybody um, loves it so much that I, I do need to pick it up. But it is a gorgeous um, deluxe collector's edition. And some of the features, including... Um, 
It has a velvet cover, which um, sounds like it would be amazing to hold, but probably also a cat hair magnet in my house. Um, but to protect it, it has a slipcase and then a ribbon bookmark and illustrated end papers and more. Um, so I don't know what the uh, more is, but it is beautiful. And it's like all black. If you Google a picture, it's like black velvet on black casing. Um, it's it's a very stunning looking book um and it is um, a fantasy it is about jude who um when she was a child her parents were murdered and she was stolen away to live in the high court of fairy and now she really wants to belong there but she's mortal she's human she doesn't really belong there and so she in her efforts to belong um kind of runs headlong into the path of uh the young and wicked prince of the high king um, so yeah, this is just really gorgeous and it is a great, um, gifting addition, um, especially for people who are obsessed with this series. That is the Cruel Prince, the deluxe collector's edition by Holly Black. I have a couple of velvet books in my house and I can confirm that just cat hair immediately <laughs> back to them. I have the, um, Benicula. There's like a red velvet edition and it's just covered in cat hair. No matter what you do, it's there. Oh my gosh. Um, so for my last pick, I actually have a couple of picks and don't worry if you miss the titles, you can go back to the show notes and look at them, but I can't do a gift show without mentioning DK, Dorling Kindersley, the publisher. They have been my favorite publisher since I was a kid. I wanted to work for them. They make the most amazing books for kids and adults, guides, um, study books, uh, picture books, and they just fill them crammed full with so many images and facts. And I never get tired of reading them. I must own, I can't even tell you how many books by DK. Um, but there were a few that came out this year that I picked up. Uh, Our World in Numbers, the animal one. It's an encyclopedia of fantastic facts about animals, but like in numbers. So this is one of their series. Um, like a lop-eared rabbit's ears can be up to 27 and a half inches long. The African forest hog can weigh up to 600 pounds or basically the equivalent of a baby grand piano. Porcupines have 30,000 quills. If you love to learn facts, if you love trivia, these books are so great for you. I also got 1,000 Amazing Weird Facts by DK, which I have to say, I didn't find them to be that weird, but I did still enjoy learning about them, including... Like, one quarter of the world's fresh water comes from the Mekong River. The world's tallest active geyser is Yellowstone Steamboat Geyser, which shoots water 295 feet in the air. And in one day, a swarm of 80 million locusts can eat as much food as 35,000 people. Um, I also got another book that is not a DK book, but I wanted to mention because I just loved it so much. It's Weird But True Sharks by National Geographic Kids, which has more fun facts but these are about sharks, including the fact that shark eggs are also called mermaid purses. And in the Middle Ages, fossilized shark teeth were thought to be dragon's teeth or snake tongues. So they're just so cool. All of these books filled with pictures. You will learn so much. Uh, I love quiz shows. I watch them all the time. And a couple of my weak spots are geography and the elements. Uh, although we did study the elements when I was a kid like the periodic table but i don't remember any of them ever so i just picked up the dk world and pictures editions of elements and uh countries of the world 
because it's so easy to ingest this information in these little tiny colorful bite-sized pieces. So they have a bunch of new ones that came out this year too, like trees and dinosaurs. Anyway, I just love all of these. And if you love to learn or you have someone who loves to learn, then pick one of those up. And uh, I'm not going to repeat all the titles now, but you can find <laughs> them in the show notes. And yes. what is your last pick? My last pick is the Great British Baking Show Kitchen Classics 2023 official cookbook. Um, so a couple of years ago, my partner started giving me the year's official Great British Bake Off um, cookbook, which I didn't realize, but they've been doing this for a few, year, a few years now, um, where every uh, fall they release a cookbook and the cookbook contains like a lot of really great recipes, most of them um, by um, show host Paul Hollywood and Prue Leith. But then every contestant for that year's season of Bake Off also contributes a recipe. And it's usually a recipe that they make um, while on the show. So I we love Great British Bake Off. I love watching the show. It's so much fun. And um getting these cookbooks is really fun because there's a lot of really great um, recipes in here. Um, most of them you will see on the show. Like sometimes they'll put in their um, technical challenge. Um, you don't usually see showstopper recipes on this um, in this cookbook, but a lot of the other ones you do see. So it's especially fun because um, I usually get this at Christmas. So by the time um, I get it, this season has wrapped up um, for the year, which means that like as I page through them, I'm like, oh, I remember this from that episode and that from this episode. And you get to know all of the bakers for each season, which is kind of fun. And I just really like too that, um, you know, if you, whether you watch Great British Baking Show or not, like, it's it's kind of a cool way for all of the contestants to just get their recipes out there um, because it starts with 12 contestants and, you know, it ends with one winner and the season moves pretty quickly, but like everybody goes home. Um, somebody goes home one episode every um, episode of the season so by the time you get down to the end like I feel like you get to know certain contestants more than others like especially those who leave earlier on in the show and I like that those people who even if they leave in the first episode or the first you know three or four episodes they still get to contribute a recipe to this um, cookbook and the recipes are usually pretty awesome um, so it is a fun little tradition that my partner and I have and I am excited to see the 2023 um, book for this year and this season. So that is the Great British Baking Show Kitchen Classics Official 2023 Cookbook, which is kind of a, a mouthful, um, but you can look at them up and you can see all the ones from previous years as well. Okay, so those are books that we think make great gifts. And what are you going to read next? What are you reading now? Um, I'm really excited because I just started The Gentleman's Gambit by Evie Dunmore, which is the fourth and sadly final book in her League of Extraordinary Women romance series. Um, mm -hmm. These books are set in the 1880s in um, England, um, in and around England, because um, this fourth one's set in Scotland. And it is about a group of four friends who are like the inaugural women to attend Oxford. And they are, of course, involved in suffragist movements, but they're also blue stockings and they're very, um, very smart, very witty. And each um, book in the series follows a different uh, woman in this friend group as they find love. And it's so delightful. It's really funny. The writing's fantastic. So this is the fourth 
fourth and final book, and I'm so excited to um, get into it. I just started it, and it starts off really, really good. So I'm, yeah, that's what I'm going to be reading the next couple of days. Awesome. Uh, I am starting Memory Peace by Lisa Ko, who wrote The Leavers, which was fantastic, and I believe nominated for the National Book Award. Um, which is about three friends and it goes from the 1980s to the 2040s. And I saw her talking about it at a Riverhead event and it sounds fantastic. And I'm also reading, what do you mean murder clue and the making of a cult classic by John Hatch, which is about the movie clue, which is interesting, but sadly, a lot of the people who worked on the movie are gone. And sadly, because the movie was not, a success at all when it came out. Uh, a lot of things were not kept from it. A lot of people just wrote it off, and even the people in the film. Uh, and so there are not a lot of memories from it, but it's still kind of fun. Um, I did not know that uh, Lee Ving did not use his own voice. They they um, dubbed someone else's voice for his parts. Um, and I've seen the movie, oh my goodness, so many times, and I, and I never noticed... Um, so they did a good job because I was really surprised to learn that. But, um, you know, Clue is fun. I loved that game when I was a kid, of course, because, you know, I love everything mystery. Uh, and so if you like Clue, you might want to pick it up. Oh. And that is it for us today. You can visit mytbr.co to find out more about TBR and the new paperback service. It only takes a few minutes to sign up. That's mytbr.co. Thank you to our sponsors. Thank you to our awesome audio editor, Caitlin Brame. Drop us a line at all the books at bookriot.com if you want to tell us about Clue or Sprayed Edges or whatever you want. Um, Tirza, where can people find you online? I hang out I'm mostly at Instagram at, at Tirza Price. All right. And I mostly hang out on Instagram at Franzen Comes Alive. And if you want to give us a treat, you can go to Apple Podcasts or Spotify or wherever it is that you get your podcast and leave a rating or review. It helps other book lovers to find us. And as much as we would love to tell you about more books today, we just don't have the time. But you can read about more titles out now in the show notes at bookriot.com slash all the books, as well as find a link to our weekly new books newsletter. And for more recs or general bookishness, check out bookriot.com. And don't forget to check out our full stable of podcasts at bookriot.com slash listen or just search bookriot on your podcast player of choice. And in the meantime, happy, happy reading. reading.